Okay, that music, of course, means it's time for uh, Tuesday Travel. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Moncon McGann. Uh, Moncon, how are you doing? Very good indeed, Shane. Now, you're off to uh, somewhere, to, somewhere local, if you like. Yeah, right? exactly. This week it is Ireland. And I want to look at the Lakelands, but a particular element of the Lakelands. Like, we don't we think of the Lakelands as something in England. Uh, yeah, the Lake District or exactly, whatever. Which exactly. is, when I heard you were doing I was thinking, oh, right. And then I realised, oh, no, of course, it was the Lakelands in Ireland. Yeah, and then, I mean, then you think sometimes Cavan tries to say it's the Lakeland County. And it, it is really a tour. It's just a way of branding tour, you know, a new tourist destination. And like Discover Ireland over recent years have put this, you know, Discover Ireland slash Lakelands. They're trying to create an event out of it. My only interest in it is that it makes us look at an area of the of the country that we haven't looked at and that we wouldn't look at. Uh, yeah, it's not otherwise. it's not classic tourist areas. No, no. Other other than those Shannon tour, you know, yeah, you know yeah, cruises the, yeah. that have been popular since the 70s, but that's sort of an expensive thing. So, like, what they class as the Lakelands, in fact, is the entire thing, basically, from Limerick to Balik. So, the entire Balik Shannon... Balik in Fermanagh, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all of that Urn River catchment area, five miles on either side of the river, and all of that Shannon, um, you know, river catchment area. Uh, so, it's, it's all of Longford, like the amount of different towns is Nina, Carrick and Shannon, Roscommon, Mullingar, and it includes, as I say, all the lakes on the urn, all the the, the Westmead lakes, like the Loch Allen, Loch Ney, Loch Ree, Loch Derg, down into um, the Midlands, into Offaly. Um, but the only one I want to look at is the south, the very south, that bit around um, Loch Derg. In other words, this is Loch Derg in... Um, Beautiful part yes. of, the, of the country. Yeah, and not Loch Derg in Donegal. We're not going on pilgrimage. This is exactly Loch Derg, Tipperary, Clare. Okay, mm. uh, uh, and I suppose when you think of Loch Derg, you think of Killaloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful Like a real town. heritage town. And, you know, it can't be overlooked. So it is exactly the point where Loch Derg goes into the Shannon. So it's that narrowing area, which is on purpose there, you know, an area that needed to be controlled. And there's the bridge across it, this famous 18th century. It was a 13-arch bridge linking it and Ballina. So Balnau and Tipperary Killaloo and On the Clare And to be fair most of the heritage sites are in the Killaloo site but some really good pubs and restaurants are over across the bridge in the Balnau so it's worth checking out both Okay it's a nice town to spend a couple of nights in isn't it? It just feels really good and the main concept like you know often they over they over harp the amount of uh, heritage in these places but the fact that this was Brian Brew's citadel his royal palace was there right on the shores of of, uh, uh, Killaloo it has this this you know this impregnable, this invincible time. So he attracted Vikings. He attracted the development. So he was only in power, like as as High King of Ireland for like twelve years. Yeah, it was about a thousand years, thousand years ago, wasn't exactly, it? Almost, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Ten fourteen, I think. Yeah. He- yeah, that's it. And so much of it is still, of his life is still there. So his, the original royal palace, which Kilcora, is gone. But it's on, what is on top of that is um, Flannan's church, the Royal Catholic, the Roman Catholic church there. Um, also on top of that is actually St. Lou's oratory. So Killaloo was obviously the kill of St. Lou. Uh, he, the, Lou had a little, Lua had a little oratory on Loch Derg. But when the Shannon during the you know during the um, hydroelectric scheme when they raised the different levels of the water that would have been flooded so they brought their oratory there but it's a nice little thing but Flannon's so as opposed to St. Flannon's Church St. Flannon's Cathedral is intriguing because it has both runic and oh markings on the stone and particularly kids are getting into runic you know this Viking uh, sort of signage this thing that has some sort of occult um, power to it so there's a chance that you might get your kid like for one second to look at something archaeological. To take his head out of the uh, iPad. We were talking about iPads earlier on in the programme and kids being 
taking too much time. This is mm-hmm. a way of uh, distracting them. You'd hope, yeah. Um, and so, like, the, all of those are really well preserved. Like, that's a 13th century cathedral. It's in, it's in really, it's even an earlier Romanesque church, um, arch connected to it. So I know all over Ireland you're going to find nice monuments, but the fact that they're so well documented, you say that Brian Baru, we can re-exist, we can, ex- we can sort of imagine his life um, and you know, not only did he have his royal palace there, but then he had this. There's a ring fort just up the river on the shores of of of, of Loch Derg, which is associated with him at the exact point where you needed to be over to see who was coming up and down the river, who was getting into the lake. Um, now, when you're there, and if yeah. you're if there's all this river and if there's all this lake, clearly you're going to try and get to use it. Yeah, you want to get out on it. Mm-hmm. And is is that? I presume that's easy enough to do. Isn't yeah, it? it's getting more and more easy. So as you said, like you know, there was twenty or thirty years where you had to hire one of those super cruisers, and it was so expensive. There weren't these outdoor pursuits ideas. The last like good few years, there's been Killaloo River cruisers who organise one-hour trips, you know, mostly throughout the summer months, and they'll bring you to show you on the summit of the Shannon, along into some of the more interesting areas of uh, Loch Derg, or what you can do in an hour, with a really good sort of guided, you know, talk over, um, sort of microphone talk, that look into the folklore, the heritage, the whole traditions that were happening in the area, and look at also into the Killaloo um, Harbour, which or Canal, which was another one of these short-lived visionary engineering things of the late 18th century that eventually got wiped out by, by trains and things. Um, but in the old Lockmaster's house, in fact, in Killaloo itself, Falch Island have, have put in a heritage centre because there's so many decades of heritage, so many bloody millennia of heritage to be to be um, understood in the area that it sort of helps to have mm. one centre that's trying to decipher it all. Is it a place where you can go out and sort of paddle a canoe? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's ideal. Because you know, Loch Ree, the, the biggest lake on the Shannon north of Loch Derg, is vicious. It's a treacherous lake. It's known for these big dark storms coming up. Loch Derg, just because it's sheltered by the two mountains on either side of it, by the Schlievebarna and the Ara Mountains, does tend to be a lot calmer. And the facilities are great because it's so near Limerick, okay? So UL use it as their water base. So they have like a state-of-the-art like activity centre which has saunas in it, a heating, uh, changing rooms. And then it has all, you know, the, the, the equipment you're going to need, canoeing, windsurfing, high ropes, archery, kayaking, um, obviously supping, so, you know, stand-up paddleboarding that everyone is getting into. Now, they have to have all those facilities for college students, but they make money by by renting them out to tourists in, at the weekend in the summer months. So it's really well organised for that. And the beauty is, because that lake is relatively safe, you know, there's a load of little islands that you're... There's no... I mean, you know, Kill, Killaloo River cruises aren't going to stop at some of the tiny islands. Some of them don't even have a harbour, uh, yeah, or a pier or a harbour. So if you have your little kayak, it's very easy to go out to... Um, it's the like of Malt Island, which has this colony of terns on it, or Red Island, which is covered. They say more mites are on it than anywhere else, hence the red, probably. <laughs> okay. And there's coots and water, hills, water hens and mallards. So it's just, it, you sort of feel this monastic sense that the island had for so long. Okay, when you think of Killaloo, you, you, you also think of kind of a sort of an artsy scene as mm-hmm. well, don't you? Yeah. So, like, you know, there was always West Cork was full of sort of New Agers and Crusties and then Leitrim. And it's less known that exactly East Clare has had this alternative sort of community and artistic liberal minded people coming there for like 25 years yeah I'm not sure they'd like the term crusties but go on yeah go on and it, it's, it's true <laughs> they mightn't like it the first generation of them were very alternative very back to the land the, the next ones are a lot more settled like when I, I built my first straw bale house in 97 and I was either going to go to West Cork or East Clare to the towns of, of sort of Toome Grainy and Fecal and places but as you say they've left this amazing sort of cultural richness so there's, um, and they've now created a whole Loch Derg craft trail that you can loop to, to all the different places. There's a pottery and fecal, fecal pottery. Clay people in Tume Grainy sort of comes and goes, but it's all about sort of using local earth and making things. There's another in Manchannon has Kalura pottery. But mainly there's two 
Well, there's two hand weavers. And you know the way when you go like to um, Shanagari, you get the pottery, or you go out to Dingle Peninsula and you get Louis Mulcahy's stuff yeah. there or Elizabeth, his, his wife's weaving stuff. We, I didn't know, you know, before I was before I got to see the area that there's actually a lot of weaving happening. Some of are very old. There's John Hanley in in um, Bali Rep, Bali Artella, it's in, in Tipperary, has been weaving there since 1893. And basically it's mainly the shawls and scarves, but now using like importing sort of fine uh, merino wool and lamb's wool and mohair but and cashmere. But it's like really nice traditional uh, sort of products made there, as I said, for like well over 100 years. Wow. Okay, for the men in mohair suits. Yeah. Um, okay, and any other that are worth Yeah, McKernan hand weavers for about 25 years, this sort of Irish and European couple have been creating, they're um, concentrating on scarves, but really beautiful scarves. And again, using a 19th century loom like uh, to make these things Re- absolutely uh, yeah and then there's I mean if one wants to do a day course or a half day course there's this woman Natella El Baba she has the Creative Arts Centre in East Clare just across from Irish Seed Savers there's always she's either doing some glassware or painting or stone or and then there's a lovely silk uh, there's a silk studio who are just making you know bringing in quality sustainable silk and then making dyeing it and and um, Making different shawls and sort of artworks out of it, which is called bombux mori, which they say is the Latin word for the, the moth that makes the silk. Oh, okay. um, one other thing, yeah, fish for kids, which is lovely. Fishing yeah, for kids. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I have to say, I don't get the fishing thing, but I know people who absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like have the patience you, the, for it, I think, basically. Yeah, and well, if you know, the, the, the thing is, it's the harried city father who remembers the romantic thoughts of his own fishing, doesn't get a chance to... To, to get out enough with his kid they have these four five hour courses for 40 euros on Loch Derg and again because of the safety of Loch Derg it's the ideal place for it and they just bring the kid through or beginners of all ages through every element from choosing the right worms choosing the right hooks how to load up a spinnaker or a spinning uh, a spinner and uh, then how, when you catch the fetch, fish how to, how to release them and put them back into the wild uh, and like in a one day course it just sounds like an ideal thing so that people decide if they find it barbaric and want to have nothing to do with it fine but at least they learn how to do it properly mm-hmm. from, from skilled people who are able to have the patience to teach kids without you know having the, the hooks going into their eyes and things Okay moving out of, of that immediate mm-hmm. area where do you head to next? Like the thing you need to see on Loch Derg itself is uh, Holy Island Holy Island is a, is a revelation basically okay so um, does, it's probably the most it's it's the one piece of land with the largest amounts of monuments on it from every age from like back 7,000 years ago there's sort of flints and uh, dart hooks uh, Neolithic hooks then Bronze Age remains but mainly all these churches six different churches around Tower you see what happened here was because Brian Baru chose this as a capital a thousand years ago as you said the few church, the churches that were there suddenly became a place of real power and influence so a lot of the great illuminated manuscripts and the, the wonderful gold and silver jewellery and, and remains were created on the island um, so it was the local, local saint there was Saint Camine and the same way that you know Clomagnoise or Glendalough or Skellix all were isolated places monasteries then hugely built up and so much of it remained because it was an island basically I mean the, the most the most eerie site is the site of the ten monks that were murdered by the Vikings because you see the place became so rich it was a clear idea for the Vikings an obvious draw yeah, yeah. land go down the Shannon raided killed ten monks and their monastery their graveyard is still there untouched for a thousand years um, and you know anywhere else it would have been built on there would have been more generations building on top of it so it, just make a trip out, out okay. to, to Holy Island um, 
I, I, you, I know you like your walks. Mm-hmm. Um, is there good kind of walks in this? Yeah, in this they've area? laid them out again. You know, anywhere where these sort of alternative uh, liberal-minded foreigners will have settled, they're going to have a negotiate with local farmers to give up land. Um, and this amazing, the East Clare Way is 172 kilometres. Like a, a lot of it is on roadway, as all of these walks are. But there's some lovely tracks off-road as well. Um, and basically, so it starts, it crosses the whole Slieve Barna Mountains, which are these mountains that, that shelter um, Loch Derg, and then go down into what they call the Clare Lakeland, which is just all the tiny little lakes around Tulla and Fecal. Um, and then circling Loch Rainey, um, and then all the way to across Slieve Ochty to, to Scarif. Like, as I said, if that's 172 kilometres, like that's days and days if you want of quiet yeah, walking. Yeah. The thing is to pick um, one element. It eventually ends in Killaloo. So there's ideal B&Bs on both sides and some of the B&Bs will offer a trip. You know, they'll drop you halfway and sort of collect you. Um, the Loch Derg way is a smaller w- w- way around Loch Derg, but there's all sorts of looped walks really well marked. Like Clare is really ahead of this in terms of tourism, in terms of laying out those, those new generations of walks. Okay. If you're there, try and get into seed savers. God, they need all the help they can get. These are, you know, the one people who are trying to keep all those um, traditional apple varieties that were loyal to each county and each little vegetable, the potato or the carrot that happened to thrive in Fermanagh or happened to thrive in, in sort of Offaly. They keep the, the seed there. They keep an examples of the apples there. And these are all open, poly, open pollinating seeds. Oh, okay. So the thing is, you buy a packet, you, you, they watch what they want you to do is keep some and then give them to your neighbours and do what we have been doing for millennia and that Monsanto, Monsanto want us to, to finish through. Okay, our, our guest is Moncon McGann. We're, uh, it's our Tuesday travel slot and we're in uh, we're the Lakelands uh, exactly. region, specifically around, uh, well, we started in, in, in Clare. Moving up towards, I mean, it would, it would, uh, it would incorporate um, Galway as well. Port, yep. Port Umna, classic uh, good hurling territory uh, there. Is there much to see in Port Yeah, Umna? and again, it makes sense. So if you're looking at Loch Derg, you know, Killaloo is where the Loch Derg goes out into the Shannon and where the Shannon comes into Loch Derg is sort of around Port Umna. And again, of course, it's been a powerful uh, and a significant area historically because if... And what lovely... When you explore a place like this, you begin to reappraise Ireland. You We realise that, you know, how Ireland was divided along the Shannon, along the coast. Uh, and it sort of makes visceral sense when you think, OK, why is this phenomenal big castle in Port Umna, an area that sort of forgotten, like we don't tend to focus on that area of Galway so much anymore. Clearly because of that river, someone needed to control it and the de Burgo family were there since the 17th century. The castle, it looks impressive but like it was it was burnt down twice. It was attacked um, numerous times and so all this really remaining now, the, the, the ground floor is in good condition and you can tour it and also the gardens. They've recreated these lovely sort of uh, 17th century potager gardens with espaliered fruit trees and lavender and an old maze uh, sort of a willow maze which, which kids tend to like. Okay. Um, there's also the workhouse in, mm. in Port Dumna. Uh, it's a fairly forbidding looking building. Yeah. Isn't it? Like you wonder when you have kids you know whether you want to really how much you want to um, focus them on the darkest area in our history after the famine in the 19th century but they've laid it out really well so like there were 163 um, workhouses all over Ireland and you still see there's some nice ones in Cavan there's the one in Dingle we still see them most a lot of them are being closed down they were used as hospital until recent years but as the new hospitals are being built 
we're having no role to find it. But the one in Portumna really manages to make sure what was unique, why why the big walls are around them. They weren't to keep people in. The idea was these were to keep people out. And this was Ireland's solution to after the famine. And, and the, what, what the workhouse does, it really sends out very clearly why we had a famine. Why during the Breton laws, how the lords and the chieftains looked after the poorest people. And then the monasteries came along and all of the years you're saying, we were seeing monasteries on this trip. They were the area that the poor came from. And then during the 16th century, the Protestants came, closed down the monasteries so there was no one to look after people. And so it lays out all this and how during the landlords, you know, the landlords wanted to kick people out and put them here. It's a really visceral. I mean, sort of, it can be very in your face and very dark for young kids. But yeah, but still a good, a good history lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's uh, listen, ju- just to finish, um, mm-hmm. Biddy Early is a name I think any Claire Hurling fan will, will know. She got a lot of traction around, was it 95 when they won for the first time and it was the famous curse That's of right. Biddy Early. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which couldn't have made any sense. Like she died in 1874 and the GAA were only coming along. 1884 the GAA, yeah, I think, exactly. wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, and like Falta Ireland and even Clare County Council are undecided about whether they want to promote Biddy Early or whether she is part of our past that we're ashamed about. You remember when her house came up for sale a few years ago and people were saying that it needed to be preserved but the thing is, like, um, I children love this. She was a witch. She had a power that everyone in the nineteenth century. So Biddy Early was born in in Fecal, um, in Clare. It just at the end of the eighteenth century, I think seventeen ninety eight or so, and then died in uh, in eighteen seventy four. Charged with witchcraft in eighteen sixty five. The thing what happened to her. When she, was ki- when she was young, she was looking after a young baby and the fairies came and took the baby and replaced it with a changeling child, okay? Now, this is fact. You'll have, up until the 1950s, you would have met people who had known or who had met someone who had some direct connection with Biddy Early. She be- is given by the fairies a magic blue potion bottle, okay, that would cure any ailment whatsoever because she allowed this um, fairy child to take over the baby. And she could cure anyone. And the stories, you'll still meet old people who'll tell you, ah, my granny got the cure from Biddy Early and she was cured of this and that. What happened, the priest had to take control. The church had to take control of her legacy at the end of her life. And they were they said, do not respect her home. do not Because there's still there's an altar outside her home last time I visited where people would drop a bottle of whiskey or a few coins or a bit of jewellery in honour of her. So the church put out this story that she rescinded all her evil doings at the end and she threw away the blue bottle and threw it into a lake. So a few years ago, there was an attempt done to drain the lake, to try and get the bottle out so that like the HSE would then have an immediate problem, like solution to all cures. What's intriguing is Biddy Early is a last Last example that witches were in Ireland up until you know the memory of your great grandmother, and that the power we gave to spirituality, um, you know, as I said, up until recent times, mm. she's and she's so you know there is no great heritage centre to for at the moment. There's like a few a few of the local heritage centres will have a little bit of information about her. Um, her old house was there until when I was there to twenty thirteen, but it was crumbling. I don't know how long it last. Okay, brilliant stuff. Is it is it somewhere you'd you'd recommend for a sort of a family? A weekend away kind Exactly, of. it's ideal for a weekend away. Like we need to sort of look at each part of Ireland because you've got all that water, because you've got the lake and you've got also interesting history. Like it, it has definitely enough to hold, you know, half a week. Okay, good stuff. Uh, we're off to Crete next week, I exactly. think, are we? Yeah, Looking warms. forward to that. Uh, one of my first uh, foreign holidays was in, in Crete wow. uh, without the parents uh, many years <laughs> ago. Uh, listen, thanks for coming into us. We'll see you next week. Uh, Mancall McGann, thanks, thanks indeed you. for that.